Hi, my name is Yasmin Terehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, personal development, and spirituality. Today's episode is with Pyle Kadakia, the founder of ClassPass, a monthly membership program that provides people of all fitness levels access to the best boutique fitness classes, gyms, and wellness experiences across the U.S. and abroad. And since its launch in 2013, ClassPass has facilitated almost 100 million reservations across 22,000 partner studios in over 20 countries. Pyle has been listed as one of the Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People and was named to Fortune's 40 Under 40 list. And her book, Life Pass, Drop Your Limits, Rise to Your Potential, a groundbreaking approach to goal setting, debuts February 15th, 2022. So welcome to the show, Pyle. Thank you so much for having me, Yasmin. So Pyle, just to kick it off, can you tell our audience what ClassPass is and why you created ClassPass? Yeah. So ClassPass is a monthly fitness and wellness membership that lets you take different classes and wellness experiences really honestly around the globe. I mean, when it started, it was um, just really for, you know, a spin class, yoga class, but we've really kept pushing it into other categories. And, you know, the reason I started the company is because when I was younger, I really fell in love with dance and, you know, being, um, you know, I guess someone who didn't always fit into where I was. I'm an Indian girl who kind of grew up in a town where no one looked like me. I sort of found this sanctuary in dance. And when I was younger, it sort of just became my like lifeline of a place where I knew I could feel like myself, feel centered, feel confident. And I kind of hung on to it. And I know everyone else, you know, kind of gets involved with activities and sort of fitness and stuff as they get older, whether it's like athletics or um, creative experiences. And we tend to lose those things, right? As we become adults, they sort of go into the back burner and we start focusing on what society wants us to do uh, in terms of success. And so I realized like I was that girl fighting to dance through my college years, professional life. And, you know, I got to a point where later in my life, I just realized that, you know, it was really hard to find classes and I wanted to build a tool and use technology to build something to help people, especially adults, still have this playful life to them and this way to experience, you know, activities that are connected to their passions and their purpose. And uh, Pyle, so what was the actual catalyst that really brought you to create this? Was there a specific event or was it kind of a gradual series of events that, you know, catalyzed you to start this business? So, you know, I didn't think I was going to be an entrepreneur, um, you know, and what's really interesting is I started ClassPass 10 years ago. Okay. And like, this is a decade ago when sort of tech and entrepreneurship was like, definitely not uh, a mainstream way of life in a way, or like a career people were going after. Um, so I could literally count every entrepreneur I knew on one hand. Right. And so this was definitely not something that I think like I thought I was going to pursue. I actually went out to San Francisco, um, and, tried to like meet new people. I was at my friend's birthday and I was hearing them talk about their apps and talk about their products. And I was like, you do this full time. Like it was just like a different career path that I had never really thought of for myself. Right. Like I had sort of thought of like typical paths of going into like, well, I was in consulting at the time, but I just thought of like the normal paths that everyone always told me to do. And so entrepreneurship just sounded really interesting. And 
you know, I had to start with an idea, right? Like to be an entrepreneur, you need to have something you're going to start with. And um, I remember going around for the next two weeks and I gave myself two weeks to think of an idea after I left San Francisco, just to see if like I could think of something in that time. And, uh, 36 hours later, you know, I was training in ballet in New York city at the time I decided to look for a new class. And in my hunt for that new class, I realized what a pain it was to really find a class at all on the internet at the time. And, that's when I was like, let me use technology to really put all this in one place. And there were all these other businesses out there like OpenTable, ZocDoc, Seamless Web that were helping people kind of, you know, do the online to offline model, which is really about getting like offline experiences, right? Through the internet. And I just thought about what about doing this for classes? And there were so many people in the world who I knew needed these moments in their life, right? To be taught, to learn, to grow, and they were devoid of it. And I really wanted to build that. So that moment was really day one. And that was August of 2010. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually was like a beta user for ClassPass. I think I was one of the first people in New York because I lived in New York at that time too for about okay. 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So I, I remember. That. Yeah. I mean, we we were, we had so many iterations in the beginning, which we can talk about, but I wonder, <laughs> I wonder which, which one you were on because we obviously yeah. like kept iterating and changing and that's obviously a part of the journey, but um, I'm curious <laughs> which plan you were on. You know, it's interesting because I lived in New York, I think until 2014. So I'd been on class pass then. And I think at that time it was just in New York, if I remember, and not in yep. San Francisco. And so it came to San Francisco, obviously in 2014 and has um, grown, you know, since then. Um, but yeah, no, I remember just a lot more classes being added and a lot more time slots being added um, and just really enjoyed the experience because I also like a smorgasbord of, of workout classes and wellness activities. So, um, but I, I want to double click on growing up Indian American. So I also grew up Iraqi American. And when I read your book, I was moved by that story in that kind of context that I think a lot of people don't really talk about, especially in entrepreneurship, right? There's this kind of, you know, new, um, I wouldn't say new, but a, a sort of different type of pressure that comes from the cultural context of family. And it's something I think yeah. a lot of first-generation children of immigrants have to face. So I'm curious, like, how did your experience of growing up Indian American influence your journey? I mean, it influenced me so much. I mean, I think, you know, there are pros to it and there's cons to it in a different way. I mean, I just took all them and put it into my life. And in the book, I sort of, I talk about it a lot. You know, I like, I think it's, it's rare when people can say so much of their life is connected to their childhood. But for me, it definitely was. And you know, there were positive things like my parents, you know, 100% emphasized education, right? And it was sort of the gold star, right? You had to get straight A's, you had to do well, um, you know, get into a good college, go to uh, get a good job after, you know, sort of plan, do everything and kind of check all the boxes. And we can talk a little bit about how I had to get off that at some point, but I will never, ever regret or, you know, in any way feel like that was the wrong thing to do at the time. Like it, it taught me these foundational skills, which, you know, I talk about in the skills chapter of the book, which is about how do you really build something that's substantial that will help you sort of take the leap from. Right. And so I'm so glad they did that, but obviously it was, it was hard to kind of find my way out of that. Right. And I did that as I got older, 
uh, which we can go into. But I think the other big thing was that I didn't fit in, right? Like I never felt like I belonged. I mean, I luckily found an Indian community um, in a town nearby that was about, I would say, 15 minutes away from my house that, um, you know, had a lot of Indian people in it. And that's where we would celebrate like, you know, cultural festivals. And that's where I had dance practice. And, you know, there was other Indian girls who looked like me and I felt like myself and I felt whole, you know, but I really had to split myself in two. I was like a high school or, you know, I was a cheerleader basically in my hometown. And then at like night I would go and like dance at these like festivals in, at this other town. And I really feel, you know, one of the biggest things I learned. And I think over time, I think this started happening in college when I stopped living two identities and becoming one, I started realizing the power in that. And then I think I had to keep that going through my life as I got older because I didn't just have the Indian American pull in me. Like I've always had this like analytical creative pull to me too. Like I love math and science. And then at the same time, I'm this like creative dancer and an artist. And um, I think I always feel like I didn't fit in one world or the other. And I really felt that I needed to find ways to be whole in both those identities the same way even though it took me a really long time to be whole with my Indian American identity, I did find that way. And a lot of it, I obviously for me came through my vehicle of dance. And yeah, I want to also double click on the dance part because you are the founder and artistic director of the Sal Dance Company, which I believe founded in 2009. So, so at the same time that you were creating ClassPass, you also founded the, this dance company. And that to me kind of blows my mind, the fact that you can do both. And perhaps like even, you know, finding, uh, being a founder of this dance company was so influential and in probably helping you move through ClassPass, right? So I'd love to hear how, how that played out because I think a lot of people in the business world assume that you have to be narrow categorically focused, right? To be successful, like you have to put all your eggs in this one basket, but it seems like you are very diverse with your um, skill sets and interests and and energy. So I'd love to hear more about how dance kind of influenced you. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, Saw started for me as sort of my first like entrepreneurial endeavor. And I was only three years out of um, college at the time. So I was really young, right? Like I still didn't know how the whole world worked. I was sort of at this point, you know, back to my earlier point, trying to find my own journey. That wasn't this path that was laid out for me based on like everyone else's expectations and opinions. And, you know, this point in my life where I decided that, okay, I'm not going to go and like go to business school, right? Which is like what everyone else in my life that was like following the same trajectory (laughs) was doing. I went and got a corporate job and I decided to to use my other hours, which like I finally had predictable hours to dance and build Saw. And I think that was a really important step in my journey because it started helping me fight for my own dreams and for fight for my own sort of purpose in my life. But more than that, I learned how to be a leader and learn how to get things done, right? Like I think to be an entrepreneur in your life, like you need to actually have the confidence in your execution ability And like, I'm one of those people now in my life. And I think everyone around me knows this. If I say, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it 150%, right? And if I say, no, I'm not going to do it. And I think I like started realizing that when I do want to create something, whether it was like a small show with a hundred people. And I always say like, class pass almost started for me with a small dance show with a hundred people, because that was my first ever like endeavor that I did on my own in like the real world. And I was able to like, 
sell it out and have people like give us a standing ovation. And it gave me so much confidence to say, that's it. I'm going to like write a bigger check and go rent out another theater for 30 K. Right. And so that then, and then when I ended up at a point where once again, I was living two identities, like, right. I was going to work being this analyst. And then at night I was this amazing performer and artist. And (laughs) that was like my other, you know, duality I had to deal with, which finally came together when I decided to start ClassPass, which was amazing. Um, but back to your other question. And, and honestly, like it, this one's been a hard, it's a hard one, you know, um, I kept saw going, you know, and I had, I'd had two, three years of success before I actually started class pass with saw. Um, when I started class pass saw was like this outlet for me, right? It was my why of even creating class pass. And I knew I couldn't lose dance or I would lose the heart and soul of my why. Right. And just like, let it go into pieces. So I hung on to it as much as I could. Was it hard? Yes. Did I think people judged me? Yes. Um, did I care? No. (laughs) And I think like, I think I got there because I knew my magic was always being a dancer, right? Like I think, and I talk about that so much in the book, like I'm, yeah, I'm probably a great entrepreneur, but I think in my heart, like my talent truly was always dance. Right. And I just use that to then like channel me to give something more to the world and I talk about that, you know, like my calling in life is actually dance, right? It, it obviously turned into class pass as a thread of it, but I was never going to lose this thing that gave me the fuel to everything I did. And, you know, there were times I think, you know, especially as like, I think class pass got bigger and there was like more attention on the company and me. Um, it was tough, you know, like I, I felt that it was like a lot of pressure to have to like fit into this box of even being a CEO and all of this. And actually like, that's even when I decided in 2017 to no longer be CEO. And part of that was like, yeah, I don't want to live into this societal box of what you guys want me to be as a CEO. Like I am very multifaceted and that's actually what made this company and made the magic. I'm not going to let that go. Right. Yeah. And I, I want to hear more about that because I think in entrepreneurship, we often hear about successes, but we don't really hear about what happens behind the scenes and what sort of sacrifices you have to make to sort of show up in that capacity of, let's say, CEO. So I'm curious, like, what was what was some of like the hardest you know challenges that you had to deal with and how did you overcome them? Like, how were you able to kind of move through and be resilient and continue creating this successful company? You know, I think some of them were, I think that like when we, we had to make some pricing changes, which actually you probably know about given you were like, (laughs) you were using the product at around that time. Um, and it was really hard, you know, like I, I think as a leader, it was this moment for me where, um, it was like on one side, I was looking at our business and I'm like, oh my God, we have so much engagement. And I remember my CFO and I talked about this and he'd be like, you know, this is like a strange way to look at it, but most companies would dream about this. Like we have people going to too many classes, right? In a way, like that was what was sort of hindering our business at the time. Um, and we couldn't have predicted that. Like I had fought for three years to get one person to class, right? And here we're, we were on the other side with people like thriving in going to class and everyone wanting to try so many different classes, but it was breaking our business. Right. And I think those moments were just really hard because you don't want to disappoint people. Right. Like my, the entire reason I built this company was to like help make fitness and activities accessible. And it just, it was, it was hard to hear when people were sad. Right. And like people were angry. And, um, I remember those days like really well, you know, and, and, they, they 
hurt, you know, because you're like, oh, like I'm trying to do something good in the world and I just got to keep moving forward. And what am I going to do? Let my company like fail and just disappear. And then no one go to class. No way. Like, I'm not going to do that. Right. It was working through the constraint of what I was facing in the best way possible. And we were, we were going, I mean, we were flying, right? Like we had competitors in like every city, like it was like the epitome of like what happens to like fast, high growth, like tech startups at the time, right? Like we were living it um, in the moment and we were just trying to make the best decisions we could at the time, you know, and I don't regret any of it, but like, there were definitely days where like, I always remember this one day and I had two of my girlfriends come over and like, they were like, it was like one of the days we made a big change and I just didn't want to see anyone. And they were like, we have pizza, we're outside your door. And like, I wouldn't even open the door. Cause I was like, <laughs> I can't see anyone. And they were like trying to get the pizza, like underneath the door, you know, cause they were like, you need to eat and like, you need to like figure it out. But like, there are days where you're just like, oh my God, how do I go on? Right. And do you also feel like that you gave up like some of the kind of personal life in order to run the business? Because I think that's also something I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurs and founders. Like, how are you able to maybe, you know, setting clear boundaries? Because you talk about this in the, in your book. Um, yes. You talk, yeah. Yes. <laughs> this, this is like a, such an important topic. Um, so, you know, I think because I had always prioritized dance in my life, like since I was younger, and, and like the act of being a performer and dancer is just not easy. Like it requires daily practice. It requires like rehearsal. It requires like a crazy amount of work and effort and dedication, you know? And so I had kind of been built with that mantra, like since I was like five years old. Right. And so I knew how to prioritize my time and really be able to like use it to, to do the things I wanted. Right. So when I started building my company, like I just was very clear on my priorities of what I wanted. Does that mean like other people didn't or disagreed with it? Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the hardest things that um, I sort of had to go through, and I like, I talk about this very openly in the book, was the expectation of needing to get married, right? And I was in my 20s and, you know, every friend I had was probably dating somebody or like getting engaged. And I like, I, I missed weddings. I missed baby showers. Like I missed bridal showers. Like, I didn't have time. Right. And at the same time, like I wasn't also focused on dating, which like was something that my parents were concerned about, but it just wasn't a priority for me at the time, you know? And I, I, I quickly learned that I had to do things on my own timeline and that I had always actually succeeded when I had done things in my own timeline. Right. And that they would happen accordingly. And what I had to actually just do to enjoy that process was actually set a boundary on everyone else, right? And really not let their thoughts convolute my own from doing what I really wanted at the time and doing it well. And so like one of the things, and I go into this in detail is like my mom would call me every single day, obviously. And I love talking to my mom. She's been the biggest supporter um, and role model to me throughout my entire life. But you know, like in the back of her head and, and, and I get it, like part of this is not their fault, right? And I think for all of us, I'm sure you felt the same way. Like this is because of where they came from, right? And like what they expect from the lives that they grew up in, that they project onto us. And it's all they knew, all they know. And like my parents took the biggest risk of their life to come to America. So they're like, we already went through all the craziness. Like, why don't you have stability, right? And here I am <laughs> trying to like throw that out the door and not be stable. And it, sometimes I'm like, well, you guys took a risk. Why do you think that I wouldn't be like that, right? Like personality-wise, we're all like, we're all the same, right? Um, <laughs> but so when I started you know, really like thinking about it and talking to her about it. Like there were days where we would talk about, you know, she would bring up dating and I would say, Hey mom, like I got to go, I have a meeting, you know, and I would just sort of politely 
with love hang up, you know, because I just was like, I don't want to go down this path, you know, and I would avoid sometimes like family functions where I knew everyone was just going to be like, Oh, so like, when's, when's the big day or what? And what you're like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not dating anyone, <laughs> you know, or like, they'll be like, Oh, I have some boy. And I'm like, I don't really care about this right now. Like I have to go run my company, you know, and I have all these amazing things. And I do hope like one of my biggest things that I do hope for like this next generation is like, we just change the rhetoric for, for like Brown little girls, you know, to, to not feel like that is the end all be all in life. And that like success comes in many different shapes, you know? And like, yeah, of course, like I eventually got married in my thirties. I had a kid later in my thirties and like, it's fine, you know, but like, I don't, I didn't need to be stressed about it the whole time. And I actually say this, honestly, in my book, my biggest regret was being stressed about it the whole time and feeling like I couldn't enjoy certain moments or feeling like I was incomplete when like things were going great for my company, I would like, I'd be closing like a hundred million dollars and feeling sad inside because I was single or something, because this is what society had done to my mind. Mm, that's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I think a lot of women, um, and also men really, you know, folks who are really invested in their professional life, oftentimes sacrifice their emotional life and their personal life. And I think, I think that there's there's no really wrong way to live, but I think just being true to yourself, I think, is the the key here, right? Rather than living um, a life based on someone else's projection or their desire of what they really want for you. So I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it really comes down to you looking inside, figuring out what your priorities are and doing that. And, and I have a whole system at the end of my book, which I call the Life Fast Method, which has helped me sort of figure out what areas of my life do I focus on and put goals towards and move towards versus feeling like I'm failing at everything or, you know, or feeling like I'm not doing anything. Um, and I feel like that is really what people need to do is think about what your priorities are before the priorities of everyone else. And obviously they're people you love, like their priorities will be your priorities because you love them. Right. Um, but thinking about what you really want to get out of your life is really important. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so Pyle, you talk about in your book, finding your gift and giving it away. And I'd love for you to share more about this and also perhaps ways that others can find their gift. So, you know, I always, always felt really lucky that I found something I loved when I was young. Right. And I talk a lot about dance in my life and people are like, oh yeah, like you must love performing and being on stage and blah, blah. blah. And I realized for myself, like what happens to me when I dance is really about how for me, it makes other people feel right. So like, especially Indian dance, there's a lot of like emotional, um, sort of like expressions with it and a lot of storytelling. So you really evoke emotion in people when you're doing it. And I think that's like what really connected me to it. And it was at really a young age. I was only five years old when I feel like I had that, this performance where I felt this like deep connection to being able to impact others through dance. And so I realized, and as I've gone through life and I built ClassPass and all of that, even saw, I have really thought about it and I've researched it too. It's like, it's so much about having a purpose in our lives, but our purpose is meant to be given and impacted, impacting other people. We are all put on earth to give to each other. And, you know, whatever our purpose in life is, like, we need to think about what it is and how it is really servicing other people in our lives. And that's actually when we're going to be the most content. So that's what we really all have to think about. Now, for people who don't have it, and obviously 
not everyone will find it when they're five years old. And I, um, I honestly feel like part of why I created ClassPass was because I knew that, you know, and I think one of the biggest things is go and try new things, right? It took me to go to San Francisco to even come up with the concept of potentially doing entrepreneurship, right? And I think people sometimes just need to get out of their comfort zones, whether that's new people, um, new environments, new sort of emotions and sort of fears that they're facing will help them see new things for themselves. And then I think the other part of it is taking away the noise because this is the sometimes the hardest part about all of it is that your purpose is already inside you. It is not something that someone's going to hand to you, right? Like you are already born with it. So it's actually about taking away all the distractions and allowing yourself to listen. And I even think for me, like there were so many times I was fighting it and then the universe was just kind of guiding me like little things like, you know, getting um, my dance company on the cover of like the art section of the New York Times. Like it was, these were such huge moments for me where I felt like the world was telling me to bet on my own dreams and to go for what was in my heart. And I think the more we do what is in line with what is inside of us, like the universe will constantly gradually keep moving us forward in that direction. Mm, Yeah, that's powerful. Uh, So Pyle, how much of your spiritual world is aligned with your business world? And are they separate or integrated? I'm curious like how you kind of think about your business from the lens of the spirit. I mean, I think it's all connected, right? I think there is a way to look at business that's void of the spiritual side. And there's a way to look at spirituality that's void from the business side. And you can do both, but I think the magic happens when they're together, right? Like the artist in me created and the spiritual person in me created class fast, right? Is no matter how much business background I had and like great credentials I had, I know it was the artist and and spiritual side of me that like birthed this idea while it was everything else that probably helped it thrive. I can't disregard that. Right. And I can't say that they both weren't intertwined. And when you're making decisions, going back to that, why, like, I think in business, we talk about mission a lot, right? Like companies have a mission and yeah, it's not just like a a sentence on the wall. Like it has true meaning behind it. Right. Like it is about a reason you are doing something. And that why is a very deep spiritual thing. And I think it was Simon Sinek who said it like in a company, like a lot of people will be able to say what the, like what the, what is like the customers can also like describe you with the, what few people will know the how, and a very limited people will really truly understand that why. And as a leader, like your job is to penetrate that why as much as you can through the veins of your company. And I think that is, really like the most important thing is that why is all about spirituality and connection. Pyle, I'd love to actually ask you, what was the why for ClassPass? So we have this beautiful vision statement, which is every life fully lived. Now that can mean a lot of things, but if you really think about it, it's about the hours of people's lives being filled with things that are soul nurturing, right? And I know people, it's like at, at the, like I said, you asked me at the top, like, what is ClassFest? I'm going to tell you the what. It's a fitness membership that lets people go to classes, right? But the why is about a fulfilled life, right? And we have tracked, you know, like the number one metric. And I didn't realize this in the beginning, but the number one metric for us is reservations because that is the hours of people's lives that we've 
been able to touch. And like the thing that makes me the most proud, like more than evaluation number or any like success or milestone we've reached is we've helped facilitate over a hundred million reservations. So that's over a hundred million hours of people's lives that we've, you know, helped to be more fulfilling. And to me, like that is a why and a true, like in a true heartbeat for our company. Wow. Yeah. And, um, what do you think in terms of your perspective has changed since the pandemic and how is that kind of, how are you looking at your business differently or how are you looking at ClassPass in the future differently since the pandemic? Yeah, well, um, I, you know, it last October, we actually sold MindBody. So MindBody, um, or we sold ClassPass to MindBody. So uh, we were actually acquired and I've decided to move on actually from the business, but that doesn't mean I'm not like 100% connected to it because it's, it's <laughs> like my why and my baby, which is so hard. Uh, but after a decade, I also knew that, you know, there was so much more uh, for me to do, but you know, the pandemic was a hard time. Like I think um, we were lucky that we had raised money right before it started, but it was hard to see, you know, so much, uh, so many of our businesses really struggle because like, right. They have fixed cost businesses with rent and all of that. And that was really the hardest part is because, you know, I think our customers like found other options and we gave them other options. Like they were finding ways to keep moving at home. Um, even though like, you know, we obviously know that like in-person classes have just like a different fuel to their fire. Um, but I think it was really hard for the studios. And I think like on the other side of it, like what's hard is, you know, even when I opened the Classless app, like I know so many businesses that either had to shut down or close because they couldn't survive it, you know? And I think back to like, you know, 2014, like you were saying, and like this growth of boutique fitnesses that happened, you know? And I just like really, you know, on the other end of this, and I think this is a huge reason why Classless and my body are now together is we truly believe like together, we're going to be able to fuel the industry even more and help it, you know, get through this time because we need to be on the other side of it. People want to work out and have these amazing wellness fitness experiences still. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm also curious, like, what does that mean for you next? You know, what do you think the future of business is and where are you kind of putting your energy and time? Um, you know, it's, it's an ongoing, uh, topic. Like, I think it's really funny, like even having written this book, during this time in a way and having it come out like, like, in a in a strange way, I almost feel like I'm back to my beginning of my book, if that makes <laughs> sense. Like where I'm like calling, like listening to the universe, trying new things, you know, to see like where that deep why kind of resides for me. But, you know, I know, I know myself well enough to be able to like do the things I love. So, you know, I obviously am like dancing and spending time with that because it's always this deep cornerstone for me. I mean, this, you know, I have my book coming out, which is like also kept me really busy and I'm, I'm exploring new areas, you know, like obviously I invest in, um, mentor and advise startups a lot, you know, especially female founded ones. And I'm really kind of interested in like crypto right now too. So I'm just spending my time learning again, you know, being, being somebody who is, uh, you know, really like into my intellectual curiosities and learning about the world again. And I know, you know, sometimes it takes, a year to figure out a decade and that's okay. Like I, this last decade of my life was, was wonderful, you know, and I wouldn't have ever never thought like I could have planned it that way. So I don't want to sort of be like, just because I need to do something, get into something. And I sometimes find myself doing that because it's our natural tendency to like, be like, yeah, I'm going to take on that, take on that. And then I'm like, wait, why am I doing this? So I'm really in a place where I'm like, no, just let me listen to that. Why? Because that why is going to get me 
to, you know, do even more and impact more people's lives in the future. Mm, That's so powerful. Yeah. I think we're a culture that likes to just do and take action. And then, you know, years later, we're so far off our path because we haven't actually sat and like listened to what we really want. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like that's what my, where my book starts, you know, it's like literally me sitting there in a review with my boss being like, wait a second, do I want to be here? Do I want to be dancing? And I think, you know, we, we go through that and we never question it sometimes. And it's so important to question it and it's okay to, to move forward. Right. And, and not get, not get, um, pushed into certain paths because that's like, like I said, the standard path that everyone else is doing. Right. Right. And, uh, Pyle, I'd love to walk through, if there's time, the life path method, the life pass method. <laughs> um, if there's time and if not, we can just um, move forward. Yeah. I mean, it's, it takes an hour and a half, so it's, it's a pretty in-depth process. Um, and I, I, you know, it's, it's totally detailed out in the book for people to, um, to read and do, you know, the entire exercise, you can do it right in the book. Um, but what I can do is obviously explain it. It's it, it's four steps. The first three steps are really about narrowing in on where we're going to set the goals. And then the last step is actually setting the goals. Um, because I have realized in my life, it's not about writing the goals. Like we can all write goals down. It's about anchoring them in something that has depth and emotion is connected to you. So the whole first step of the process is about reflecting and figuring out like where you currently are. And you know, people end up picking a few words that sort of represent what their last year is. Um, and then we go on to do the same thing with the coming year. So I ask you, if this was a year from now, um, and you were looking back, what words do you want to really emulate this year, right? So what you're kind of doing is instead of choosing like your accomplishments in a year, you're really anchoring yourself on like, what do I want to feel, right? And how, what themes do I want this year to be about, right? So I call these your dream words, right? So these are sort of anchor words for your year, that you're going to set goals against. Um, and then before we once again set the goals, the next big part of the process, the third step is all about focusing, right? Because like I said earlier, we cannot make progress in every single area of our lives. And my focusing I do on a quarterly basis. So um, I focus like in certain areas for three months and then I choose new areas to focus on for the next three months. Um, and that sort of helps me iterate and move. Like I kind of have always felt like a year is way too long. And obviously a week is way too short, right? Like something can happen. Um, so I kind of live by this like quarterly goal setting method. And so in the third step of the focusing, we do a time di- diagnostic, we rate the different areas of your of your life, of where you're spending your time. And then we go and circle the three to five areas that you're going to spend time setting goals. In. And once you have those, I call them your focus areas, we go through a whole process of setting goals. Now, that's another big part of it is setting goals like can be done in a in the right or wrong way that's going to either help you either achieve them or not. And so I focus a lot on making sure that they're measurable goals, that they're sort of in line with the right steps in the process, right? So you could say, I want to run a marathon, but that might start with like this quarter, just like running a mile, maybe working your way up to three miles, right? And then and then actually even evaluating how you feel right at the end of it where people don't know where to like sort of start in the process and like the end goal just feels too big. Um, so I go through a lot of that, even figuring out with like certain responsibilities you have, right. It might be like finances. Like how do you set goals in areas that also like make you uncomfortable or set goals where you might have to like delegate tasks, right? So 
I go through a huge part of that. And then um, I also talk obviously a lot about execution because, you know, I'm the kind of person, if I write down a goal, like I said, I'll get it done. And I want people to build confidence in their ability to execute. Because the more you build that confidence, like the more you're going to just set bigger and bigger goals in your life and keep, you know, going for the stars. I love that so much. So, and that's at the back of the book for people to kind of work through and do, like you said, an hour and a half. And you do this every quarter, is that what you said? I do. Yeah. Quarterly. Yeah. Quarterly. Wow. Uh, So Pyle, what sort of things have surprised you the most on this journey? Wow. Um, Hmm. You know, I would say the amount of support you have from like, I don't know, like the mentors I've had in my life and advisors I've had in my life. Um, I talk about the people in my life as like team life. Uh, and I think everyone should sort of build this team life. Like I don't, I never thought about like how many people I would employ at some point in my life. Right. Like I was sort of always thinking about the mission and I think seeing how much like people can really help you make something um, when you really care about it has just been this like really rewarding experience for me as a leader um, to watch them grow and to watch them sort of like march with me towards this. You know, it's sort of been the side benefit of this entire thing that I, I don't think I started entrepreneurship for that. Like some people are like, yeah, I want to be a CEO and manage a lot of people. Like that was not what I wanted. But I think like those relationships I've made, like I said, whether it was like through with the investors and board members and then um, people who worked with me just have become like lifelong friendships, you know, that, um, are go beyond even just working. Right. And I think that's been a, tr- a true gift that I never thought I'd expect. Mm, I, yeah. Beautiful. I've, I've heard that from a lot of entrepreneurs, the mentorship that plays out is so important and kind of like underrated, I think from a lot of people. So, um, thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. We, you don't, you don't sell, we don't talk about it as much, right. It's cause it's like, you're, everyone's like emphasizing valuations and other milestones, but like, it really has been an amazing gift, especially like, I think for me, like there was a few women I remember hiring early on who, you know, I've always felt like an underdog, just like I'm a 411 petite human being. And I remember just like hiring some people from, people who emailed me on like the customer service ClassPass email and they have gone on to like launch entire continents for ClassPass, you know? And like, it's amazing, you know? And I, it makes me so proud to know that like I had some hand in that, you know, and like helped them in any way and believed in them. And like, I think I'm a pretty tough boss, but I'm, I'm tough because I make people like do what I think that is unexpected of themselves because I see it in them. And I think the people who treated me that way versus sort of blocked me from flying were, were the best entrepreneur or best leaders I had to and best bosses. Mm, love that so much. Yes. Um, I agree. I think our mentors need a lot more appreciation in our life. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So Pyle, what are some books that have inspired you on this path? I, I'm obviously your own book is something that I think a lot of people should go and read and check out, <laughs> but I'm sure that there's been maybe some books that have perhaps stayed with you through your journey that could be inspirational for other people in the audience. You know, I, I feel like this is a cliche, but obviously Steve Jobs and his, um, the autobiography or not, well, it wasn't, it's not an autobiography. I feel like someone else wrote it with him. Um, Walter. but it, yeah, the Walter Isaacson, yeah, book. Um, that's that's been I don't know why, but like 
I think just seeing somebody who is going to go through the world dancing to his own drumbeat, like I think just stories of that, like while that was entrepreneurship and I went through that, it was great. But I think just whenever I read about people who sort of like, like I said, dance to their own drumbeat, it just inspires me because, you know, I just have so many layers to me too. And I just don't feel like I belong in any one box. And I think the more I read stories, you know, of people like that, I just get more and more inspired to to give and do more. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, Pyle, what do you want to tell our listeners about their wellness, well-being? What's sort of like your main takeaway? My main thing for people is if you don't know what, you know, your your deep why is, like spend some time really cultivating that and listening for that. If you do know what that is, and then you're not doing it because of some limit or constraint in your life, like put a plan together to get through that because really, honestly, your greatest life is on the other side of that. And you are going to be so happy when you are doing what's fulfilling to you. So that is really should be your anchor. Amen. Okay. Well, that's a great call to action. And are there any resources that you can point folks to in order to learn more about you if they want to follow your work? Obviously, they can check out ClassPass by downloading the app on the App Store. Uh, but but are there any any other resources where people can find you? And also your book, where is it available? Yeah. So the book is lifepassbook.com. And then I am mostly on Instagram at, at pile. So P-A-Y-A-L. Uh, you can find me there and just thank you for all the support and, you know, keep going for your dreams and don't let anything stand in your way. Amazing. Amazing pile. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been deeply inspirational. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value from this conversation also from reading your book. Um, so thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Yasmin. This was wonderful. 